All right, welcome to the Coach J podcast. My name is Chad Dubin, and this is part of the Coach J nonprofit organization. Our mission really is to simply uh, hope that when you're listening to these interviews, um, if something tugs at your heart or some questions come up or you just think something's not sitting right with you, um, from listening to these interviews, please reach out. This is the purpose of what we're doing. You can uh, reach out to the website, coachj.org. You can email chad at coachj.org. Hope you enjoy this interview. This is kind of part two of our road show at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, the University of Pennsylvania. And I'm here today with uh, another one of the awesome RTC athletes. That's a regional training center athlete, Joey McKenna. Welcome to the show, Joey. Chad, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be a part of this Coach J series and also just share a little bit about my life and the different different things that have gotten me to where I am today. Awesome. Well, a little bit of background on Joey. For those of you that are wrestling fans, you probably know him pretty well. If you're listening and you're not a wrestling fan, uh, we'll give you a little background. Joey was uh, a three-time prep national champ in New Jersey at uh, the renowned Blair Academy. Um, he went on to uh, have an incredible college career. He was a four, four-time conference champ. Is that right? Two-time Pac-12 champ and a two-time Big Ten champ, which is – I don't know if anyone's ever done that before. Um, was a three-time NCAA All-American, was a 2019 finalist, was a 2018 U.S. Open national champ. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Uh, 2017 world bronze uh, medalist in the, the U-23s. And uh, I know there, there's been a lot of other international accolades uh, along the way, Pan Am champ. And just recently, the last couple of years, whereas, um, you know, in the, in the finals of the team trials for both the world and the Olympic uh, final trials is one of the best wrestlers in the country and probably in the world based on uh, how competitive you guys are. So Joey's had an incredible wrestling uh, career. Um, he has uh, two sisters, right? Yep. What, what are their names? We got Jamie, the older one, and Jill, the younger. I'm, okay. I'm the Oreo sandwich. All right, you're the middle child. You got all the <laughs> attention problems, right? Yes. Okay, awesome. So uh, we're, we're actually here uh, on the road with the Coach J Show in, in the awesome facilities at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, I haven't been here before, and I'm super impressed with just everything around here. It's really awesome to see. And, um, Joey, tell us a little bit about uh, – we're going to get into s- some other uh, – really important stuff but um i shouldn't say important stuff we're, go- we're going to get into some uh coach jay stuff but i want to talk to you just to give us a background on joey mckenna your family you know growing up you know what, what was life like for for joey mckenna up until this point maybe up until four years ago or so right let's let's fill us in yeah so you know i'm originally from new jersey um, definitely a Jersey representative. Anytime I get anybody you meet from Jersey, they'll probably tell you they're from Jersey and they're pretty dang proud of it. So that I am, uh, born and bred in Jersey. So I started wrestling at the age of seven. I actually started with club wrestling rather than rec because the rec wrestling wouldn't let me join for another month because I was a first year wrestler. Hmm. So when my parents told my uncle that he was like, what? I never heard of that before. I'm I'm bringing him to this club. And so my first wrestling practice, I'll never forget. 
My uncle drove me up. I'm from Montville, New Jersey, and he drove me up to Montvale, New Jersey. Those two always get mixed up in the state. But he drove me up to Montvale. I had no wrestling shoes. I remember falling asleep, waking up, saying, Joe, we're here. I walked in, had a blast. Don't really remember much of the first practice other than I had a lot of fun. And when my uncle asked me how I enjoyed it, I said I loved it. And uh, I started seeing success. I, I became a state runner-up my first year of wrestling. I was very proud of that feat. Um, never, Actually, I'm sorry. I did not place my first year of wrestling as a youth. My second year, I took second. So I started to see success. Um, I started to get pretty good at wrestling. My parents, you know, made a lot of sacrifices to bring me to the right coaches, to the right mentors in my life um, up to that point for wrestling. So I just continued to have success through my elementary, middle school years. Um, Come around 6th, 7th grade, I started thinking about what's ahead and what high school wrestling would look like. Being from New Jersey, I saw a lot of great programs, but there was one that stuck out to me. When I was in 6th grade, one of my youth wrestling coaches was a postgraduate at Blair Academy. So he had known Coach Buxton, and he told my dad he wanted to bring me up. So... One of my first wrestling coaches brought me up to Blair Academy as a sixth grader, pretty pretty decent sixth grader. Went into the room, started training with guys like Mark Gray, who was an eighth grader at the time, Cody Keeveman from Pennsylvania, Zach Haran, a bunch of different guys that were a little bit older than I, but still in middle school and training in the Blair room. And I also trained amongst some of uh, the Blair greats back in that day with Kellen Russell, Eric Medina, Jared Platt. Anthony Vales, Max Shanneman, you know, Chris Villalonga, the, the list continues to go on. And I started to see kind of what that motivating room looked like. All these guys, Blair was national champs. They were always in the hunt for a national title. And I saw what the most elite level of what high school wrestling looked like. And I just knew with my goals with wrestling, with the success that I had had, that I wanted to pursue wrestling at the highest level, the most elite level. And Blair was a great school to do it that do that at. Not only did they have the success within the program already, but on the academic side, there was it was a college prep school. So I knew that I'd be best prepared for both wrestling once I go get to college, but also best prepared academically just for the time management, all those things, just being able to manage my time, living away from home at a boarding school for two years before I moved home and became a day student, my last two. Um, just characteristics and qualities that I feel like I wouldn't have necessarily learned being at home, and I was willing to move away. And my parents were supportive in that because of my goals. I think if it might not have been in New Jersey, maybe they might not have let me go just because it was a 45-minute drive away, still reasonable. But, you know, my parents made that sacrifice to send their 14-year-old son off to boarding school to achieve his goals. And uh, Blair was great. Blair was an amazing experience. I had a bunch of great teammates and mentors and people that I looked up to and were role models and idols for me. Um, and kind of towards that later part of the career, it was like, all right, what's the next thing? What, what are we looking to next in terms of the future? And that was college wrestling. Um, so at that point in my life, I would say that I – Definitely thought I was going to go to college, wrestle, and then 
move on have a have a nice hmm. solid successful career after that in whatever kind of business endeavor business pursuit that I followed um but it was funny come come senior year I made the junior world team I took second at the junior worlds that summer and I felt what it was like to represent you know the United States on the biggest stage and there was a lot of pride in that there was a lot of um, I was very proud to represent my country on the biggest stage I could, given my realm, which was wrestling. And after that, I was like, man, this is this is something I've done my entire life. It's something that, you know, God has given me the ability to do. And I feel like I want to continue to do this after college. I don't know what that looks like, but I feel like I want to wrestle for as long as I can. Um and prior to that, I had already made the decision. I committed to Stanford University. I was going there out of out of high school. Oh. So I made that decision in my own power. I decided to ship off all the way across country from New Jersey to California to, to be alone and pursue my goals. Yeah. And, you know, I had, I had success there as well. On my freshman year, true freshman, I became an NCAA All-American in Madison Square Garden in 2016 right on my home turf in my backyard in New York City, yeah, which was an awesome and amazing feat. And I was the first true freshman to ever All-American for Stanford. But things started changing the next year. You know, I, I was training, going through the grunt of everything. And there was just, I would call it now, looking back and reflecting an emptiness. Um, yeah, just an emptiness inside that I'd never really felt before. You know, I'd always been driven whether it be my schoolwork, my practice, you know, getting extra workouts, anything like that. And I noticed that there was something different finally in my second year there. I was waking up, skipping some of those workouts that I'd put in my own mind, right? Nothing mandatory by the team, never skipping any team obligations, but just some of those things that I thought took me to the next level, I'd I'd brush off, right? I'd sleep through, I'd do little things. And I started to reflect and feel this, emptiness that I just I just couldn't fulfill no matter what I what I tried to do and ultimately it just left left me in a a state of really uncertainty and just not knowing what I wanted to do Hmm. so I started to reflect on my life up until that point and I looked at the decisions I'd made I'd analyzed all right well like what you know I've made all these decisions in my life they've got me to this point and here I am at a crossroads, like, how did I make those decisions, right? Like, where, where did I, where did those come from? And so I started reflecting. I'm like, man, well, a lot of the decisions I've made in my life have been for me, but for other people, more for the satisfaction that I felt in telling people about my life and seeing their eyes light up when I said I attended a place like Stanford. Or when I said I did these things, I'm like, well, I feel like I'm forfeiting my own happiness, right? I'm forfeiting a bunch of other things. Created the emptiness you're talking about. Exactly, Mm. exactly. And that emptiness back then, I had no idea what it was. Mm. Um, But ultimately, it, it brought me to a point that I finally had the courage back before the transfer portal or anything like that when you could just put your name in. You know, I had to go face my coaches, my Stanford coaches that I committed to as a senior in high school three years later to ask them that they release me to even look at other schools. 
by God's grace, my, my coaches gave me that release, allowed me to talk to some other schools, and the search began. The search began for a new home. The search began to see who I was and what I believed in and why I believed what I believed. Yeah. And so up until this, so this was your sophomore year. Of you were college, third yes. in the country your true freshman year, right? Which is an incredible feat for anybody to come back and take third. But you're, as a very young freshman, you know, that's really big. Probably came into that sophomore year ranked what? Number one or two in the country? Yeah, I was actually the third seed at Nationals. Got okay. What up, happened? I got upset in the pre-quarter finals, and then I lost in the blood round and didn't place. Yep. So returning... NCAA third place finisher, third yeah. seed. Got knocked down pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Interesting. So, uh, in 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 telling all of this, it's interesting because your life, you know, at the up and sounds like up to this point, has been wrestling, right? Wrestling success, where you went, you know, it's all wrestling related in your mind. It sounds like I'm getting this picture of like what's going on in your head. So, pause there for a second because you're getting ready to make a big transition and. and Definitely, we need to get into, like, what happened in that transition. So tell us a little bit about how you felt up until that point of your relationship with God, if anything, or how that was with you. Were you raised in a super, you know, religious home or church, or what was what was going on with you and God up until that point? Yeah, um, I would say I always believed in God. Um, I think deep down in my heart, I always believed there was a God. I, I wouldn't say I necessarily understood what that fully meant. But I grew up, I feel like, as a lot of you know Americans do, growing up in a Catholic church, going to church on Sundays and you know holidays and things like that. Um, and I'd always find myself growing up praying to God, but usually in times of distress, right? Mm-hmm. Usually when... Bad things were happening in my family, whether it be a death or fighting or something like that. I'd find myself at those points, right, at, the, at those lows, really digging deep and looking up. Um, you know, any time, of course, there was anybody that passed in our family, right? I'd always be praying for them and praying for our family. Um, but I wouldn't say I necessarily understood anything. I, I'd always consider if I ever got the question, oh, like, are you are you a Christian? I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm Catholic. You know, and I would think that was just more of a cultural response than it was something I truly believed in my heart. And so, like I said, I always believed in God. And I think when I reflect on that time at Stanford, there were times where I definitely prayed to God to for help. Um, you know, but I, I wouldn't say that I saw any answer. Um, you know, I've definitely, I hear people say, right, like God told me this God, and I wouldn't say at that moment in time, God told me anything other than, you know, dive deeper, dive yeah. deeper. And, uh, ultimately when I was looking at the schools and I put that list out there, I was looking for something, right? I was looking for a quality wrestling program, but I was also looking to surround myself with like-minded individuals, with people that had the same goals as me that thought similar to me and that when I walked in that room, I could feel a motivation and an energy that I couldn't feel anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And there's one thing when I went into the Ohio state room, that was just different. Um, the motivation and energy I felt, I think that I believed I could win at any single one of those places, but there was something at Ohio state that was just completely different. D 
deep down in my heart, I needed to be at Ohio State. Didn't really know why, but I needed to be there. Hmm. So that summer for my birthday, before I was leaving for Ohio State, spending a lot of family time down at the Jersey Shore, and you know, time for birthday presents came around, and my mom got me a few gifts, but one of those gifts was a study Bible. And, you know, I, I was very kind of confused, to be completely honest. I was like, okay, this is weird. I've never gotten this before in my life. The only thing I've ever gotten with a cross on it was probably something to wear around my neck, but <laughs> just culturally. But right. when, when I saw it, it really made me think. I'm like, you know, Mom, what is this? She's like, oh, it's a Bible. She's like, I, you know, I know that the culture out there, like they definitely have a Christian culture, so I figured – be good to have this. Mm. I'm like, okay, you know, thanks. Didn't really think much of it, to be honest. Probably didn't open it for <laughs> three to four months. But a few weeks later, I did leave for Ohio State. And that first week there, Nathan Tomasello, a teammate of mine, invited me to an Athletes in Action Bible study. I figured, hey, I mean, I'm in a new place. I don't really know anybody. I know that Ohio State has a faith culture. So I kind of want to see what that's about. You know, I'd seen wrestlers throughout my life, those guys at the highest levels, you know, praising God and all these other things. And, you know, I'd always thought probably back in my high school career, like, man, like, I don't I don't want to become one of those Bible beater Christian wrestlers. <laughs> you know, like there's there's a lot of those guys out there. But but it also made me think, like, man, what is it that's different about like, why are these guys seeing success? Why is it those guys at the top that preach the same message, but, you know, they have that peace in it mm. too, right? They they preach this message of this freedom, peace that they feel when they go to compete. Like, well, who knows? I, th I think it's something I need to try out. So I'd say my reason to go to Bible study originally was just I want to see what this is about. I've seen other successful wrestlers on that path I need to make friends I'm in a new, <laughs> I'm a new junior at a new institution yeah you know maybe it's a great way to meet friends to meet girls to meet other people other than just my built-in family and yeah. the wrestling team I would say it's probably better than going to a bar but yeah no exactly right. and and it again my my curiosity was peaked and I was yeah. interested I, right. I was I was ready to explore this faith and religion and all of that on my own. It wasn't just because my dad woke me up at 7 a.m. telling me we're going to 7.30 a.m. mass. Yeah. You know, it was in my own doing that I was curious. Yeah, I wanted so friends. So would you say up until <laughs> this point, I mean, you you knew uh, a little bit about God and things like that, right? I mean, you kind of had, it wasn't like you were in the dark with everything. You going to church, you kind of, you know, were reading the Bible from what people were telling you and uh, it was more of like a, uh, like a college education almost just to know about stuff. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I would say more like that. And even just so like being part of that church, being, being part of the church, I just thought like there's things I have to do. Right. You know, I have to have these sacraments. I have to go to these different things and these different obligations and almost check checklists, check boxes that I needed to kind of hit mm -hmm. to make sure I was being this good person, this moral person. What what, what changed? You get to Ohio State, you're still kind of going to the Bible study to, you know, you're, you're open-minded to it, 
did did you feel like you had some sort of a change in that relationship? Yeah, well, I mean, I just became different. Yes, I just became more curious. And then there was a moment in time the following week after that initial Bible study that that really sent me diving deeper. You know, I went to this study. I was like, man, that was like fun. That was, you know, good energy, a bunch of college students, a bunch of field hockey players, a bunch of wrestlers, golfers, like, you know, lacrosse players. I'm like, man, that was, that was pretty cool. Like, I'm looking forward to going back. And then I got a text from Carl, one of <clears throat> one of the FCA director, athletes in action directors. He said, hey, Joey, would you have some time next week to meet before practice? You know, I would love to just learn a little more about you. And, you know, again, it was my second week at a new school. So I didn't think anything out of it. I'm like, yeah, let's try this out. Like, I don't really know what I'm in for, but, you know, let's meet with Carl. So I met with Carl before practice, and we were sitting there um, before, and he just kind of asked me, you know, hey, how'd you grow up? Like, you know, have, have you had any experience with faith, religion? Where are you at? What so I tell him a little bit about my story, like I've shared today so far. And uh, then he asked me a very probing question that, that really got my mind turning. He said, okay, Joey, but I have a question for you. I'm like, all right, Carl, what is it? He said, if you were to stand before God right now, how sure are you that you would go to heaven? Like on a scale from, you know, zero to 100. How sure are you that you would go to heaven? He's got a smile on his face. And I'm like, all right, let me start thinking, like, I'm a good person. You know, I, I do good things. I help people. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I start running through my head, right? Like, I'm like, ah, I'm a pretty good person. I I'd say like 75%. And he just starts laughing. And I'm like kind of taken back. I'm like, why is he laughing? Like, I think 75% is a pretty good answer, to be honest. Like, you pass, right? 75%, you pass. So that's pretty good. Like, yeah. I don't want to say I'm so high, right? That I'm, <laughs> then I'm all like righteous and holy and pompous. But I don't want to say I'm too low either where I don't, yeah. you know? So I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm like, Carl, why, why are you laughing? Like, I'm like, is this, was this a trick question? He's like, Joey, it, it was. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm, he's like, well, why, why do you say 75%? I'm like, well, just like I said, I'm a pretty good person. I don't do these things. You know, I don't do this. I, I do this. Like I help the granny across the street. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's like, but Joey, in, in true Christianity, there's it's either zero percent or 100 percent there is no percentage that you can hit that's gonna get you to heaven you're either saved or you're not saved Mm. and i said what do you mean by that right and he starts pointing us to scripture he starts bringing us into the bible into romans right saying if you confess with your heart or confess with your mouth believe in your heart all these things that you will be saved so then I'm like, all right, well, what is this save thing? So I started learning more about it. I started learning that church wasn't what I had thought it to be up until that. The, like true church and true Christianity wasn't what I had thought it to be up until that point. Um, true Christianity was about having a personal relationship with Jesus, not just going to church, going to the priest, doing your confessions, doing all these things. It's about like Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with every one of his children 
And I start, I'm like, man, I, that's crazy. I've been to church for so long. I've never been told that. Like, mm. that's really weird. Like, why, why haven't I been told that? So again, my interest was peaked and I just continued to go, continued to believe I was around strong Christian teammates. I mean, a guy like Kyle Snyder, Bo Jordan with kids, Nathan Tomasello, Colin Moore, my, like the list just kept going on. And Christian leaders with Tom Ryan and with Tervell. And so I just felt that, you know, this was a place, this was the place in my life that I needed to grow and that I wouldn't be able to really figure out anything else until I got what I believed in pretty down packed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd say I don't really remember the day or anything, but I, but I started to believe. I started to believe about this personal relationship. I mean... I feel like I always knew about the power of God as I was growing up and right maybe had seen it in different points of my life but never never put my heart focus and my center focus on that and to be honest I'd say like for a little bit you know I believed and I was just kind of going through the motions up until I had some kind of performance hiccups you know I was an awesome practice room wrestler kill anybody in the room but go out there and just pucker up you know, it'd be hard for me to let loose, to let it fly. And I sat down with Tervell one time and we were really trying to hash this out. I'm like, coach, I don't really know what's going on. Like I get out there and I'm just, I don't know. I just, I just can't like, it's, it's weird. And he's like, all right, Joey, well, you know, we got to get over this. And, you know, I want you, I want you to ask yourself a question. What, what is it that you think about going into a match? I'm like, all right, what do I think about going into a match? Um, well, don't lose. Let's go win first. Let's not lose. Let's not get scored on, right? Because if I don't get scored on, then I'm not going to lose. And let's not get tired. I don't want to get tired. Nobody wants to be tired. <laughs> That's a horrible feeling. But then – when he asked me to reveal these things to him, I told him these things. He's like, Joey, those three things that you're thinking about going into a match are all based on fear. You're afraid of losing, afraid of getting tired, afraid of getting scored on. The three things that you're thinking about going into a match are all fear-based. No wonder why you can't, you can't let it fly out there. Your, your mind is set on fear. You need to release that, and you, and you need Christ's help to do that. He's... Your mind's not going to change unless he changes your mind. I'm like, and you have to be open to that too. You have to be open to him changing your mind. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? My mind needs to be more open, open to God to what? He's like, Joey, I don't care if you lose your next four wrestling matches. We need, you need to change that mindset. You need to start focusing on the controllables. There's so many things in life and in wrestling especially that we can control, and then there's so many things we can't control. And if you focus on controlling the controllables and not worrying about the uncontrollables but focusing on your effort and your attitude and what you want to do in that performance of glorifying God, those burdens will be taken away. That will be released. And I'd say it was a learning process, right, for my coach to tell me that I he didn't care if I lost the next four matches. That was, I was like, whoa, hmm. what do you mean? But I knew he was 
emphasizing something. He was exaggerating for the fact of, like, this was something that not only was going to help me on the wrestling mat, but this was going to help me in life. So I started to change up kind of what I did, my pre-match, what I would think about, and I just started praying a lot before I started going out there to compete. I'd pray for God to work through me. I'd pray for a positive mindset and a positive attitude. And I'd ask him to just allow me to lay it all out there and that he would take care of the results. You know, ever since I've been at the PRTC, Coach Slay likes to say, you know, some little mantra that he had when he competed was do my best and let God take care of the rest. And I've really just tried to embody that now from my college career, especially into now, into my senior level career of, look, if I focus on what I can do, if I focus on my preparation, my attitude, my effort, the results are going to take care of themselves. And not only the results are going to take care of themselves, but win or lose, I'll have peace because I knew I did everything in my power to prepare for that battle the right way. And I know that God... I was obedient to him in that and that he saw me through all of that and he's going to see me through whatever the result is going to be, whether it's a win, a loss, or an injury. Yeah. So it really started to shift my mindset and it wasn't until I faced those performance hiccups where I truly feel like I surrendered not only my wrestling to Christ but my entire life because I started to see that My faith, my religion, what I believed, and then what I did, you know, I was a student, I was a wrestler, I was a friend, a son, a brother. They all go hand in hand. They're all tied together. They're all integrated. And you can't be one without the other. Mm. And that I started to see that my spiritual life was completely and fully integrated into my entire life Mm. and the things that happened to me not only just from a life perspective but on the wrestling mat and I started to see that connection there were some you know just some scripture that I'd stumbled upon and learned and read and that really gave me confidence and inspiration and motivation in doing that daily you know I mean Colossians 3.23 is just one that has always been since, you know, I was a younger Christian. Like, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for the eyes of men. You know, and I think about that in terms of my decision-making that I used to have, but also about what I decide to go into. Whatever I do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for the eyes of men. So when I'm training, right, make sure that I'm giving my all because I'm doing it for the Lord. Right, I'm training my body. I'm training all these gifts that he's given me, these talents, these abilities to use them to glorify his name. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that whole story and to see God working because had you won a national championship at Stanford your sophomore year, okay, like you were probably planning on, you may not have even thought about leaving. You may never have met the influences and the mentors that you had at Ohio State. Well, that was the thing. I mean, I had to I had to make this mindset shift that Tervell and I had talked about, but I never really saw the fruit of that until my national finals loss. Mm. Um, Why is that? 
because I think that's where I truly switched my thinking and prepared the perfect way and everything and still didn't get the results I wanted. You know, I'd been obedient to the Lord, obedient in my walk. I was so dialed in for two months leading into the nationals, right, doing everything right, getting my daily devotionals, my prayer time, everything, right, checking my spiritual discipline boxes as well, really feeling that the fire inside came from the Lord. And I felt poised to do what I had set out to do, right, in winning a national title. I was 100% confident and trusting in my preparation, in my coaches, in everything we'd done, trusting in God that he had me exactly where he wanted me to be. And when I went out on the map, my senior year for that NCAA finals, I, I think it was the first time I'd ever experienced this flow state that people talk about in high level athletics or in extreme sports. And, you know, there I've read a few different books on flow and there's a bunch of different ways you can get there. And, you know, religious spiritual experiences are one way that you can reach this ecstasis, this kind of ecstatic flow state moment. And for me, I was so locked in on God, so focused on God that when I took the mat, I didn't see any of the crowd. I saw my coaches in the corner. I saw the canvas of the mat where the performance would happen. I saw my parents front row sitting mat side, hmm. and that was everything I saw. That was it. Not a, not a crowd of 20,000 people standing hmm. around the mat. I didn't see any of that. But I just saw the canvas. Hmm. I saw my coaches, my family and the task at hand and you know call it what you want right a lot of people definitely talk about that match still um, especially being a fan at the NCAAs for the first time since three years ago Um, but ultimately just in that loss right thing you know you can argue bad call you could argue whatever you want but ultimately at the end of the day you know I lost the match and I take full ownership of that But I was proud. I was proud because of the way that I devoted myself. I was proud of my preparation and the way I truly dialed in. And I saw that overlap of my spiritual life and my wrestling. And I knew that God's, you know, yeah, I wanted to win, but I knew it wasn't God's will for me to win. It was God's will for me to use this experience to see the hold that he's taken in my life and to see the importance of that hold and how I needed that for the rest of my life. And ultimately, I think, you know, it kind of helped shape some of the decisions that I ended up making, right, upon graduating. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Appreciate you sharing all that. Put You pour so much of your human physical life into something, and then it doesn't happen. It's not fun to talk about it even as, as – uh, Yeah, but there was a piece. There was a piece I'd never experienced before in losses. Hmm. Um, After that loss? After that loss, yeah. Because I'd say, right, I mean, just as wrestlers, any time I'd lost prior, I feel like maybe there was some sort of excuse, right? Like, ah, well, I cut my weight wrong at the last second. I did did this, and I should have done that. Mm -hmm. I had none of that. I had no regret no remorse about any of the things that I did I was just proud and happy for the way that I carried myself and I obeyed God and listened that and it was just a real life experience that you know 
just like anything in life, you do the right things, you're never guaranteed the result. Yeah. And seeing that firsthand, right? Like I could have been bitter, I feel like. You know, and I'd say, right, of course, right after I lose, it's like, man, but why didn't I win? But at the same time, I know that there are lessons to be learned from that, yeah. whether it's on the wrestling mat or it's really in my spiritual life or a different area of my life, right, that might be clouding into. Yeah. But I just feel like it gave me a lot of clarity on the power of God and the hold that he has on our life and the life that he wants us to live. Yeah. That's great. How much of a challenge is it for you to maintain your humility? Um, so for me, just keeping that humble means was always important, right? You never had to be like saying I'm the best guy in the room to be the best guy in the room. It was, I always just kind of kept the mindset of, Hey, keep my nose to the grindstone, work hard, remain faithful, stay humble and good things will happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, I continue really to try to live by that today. You know, even still, like, remain, you know, work hard, stay hungry, remain humble, and good things will happen, yeah. right? Good things will work out. Um, yeah. Of course, bad things will work out, too. But, <laughs> you know, as long as I remain humble through the process, um, it's really easy. And I think because of those humble beginnings and just that humble mindset I have, when it was time to kneel before Christ and really make that decision, I think it was easy. Mm. Um because I'd had to humble myself so many times throughout my wrestling career, right? That this wasn't just for my wrestling career that I'd made all my decisions for and right. That I was trying to pursue wholeheartedly. This was for my life. Yeah. And it's a lot easier, right? When I'm thinking about my life on the line and, you know, eternity spent in heaven with my Lord and savior, I think it's a lot more power and urgency and immediacy to, keep that humble mindset yeah. and to live in humble means. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you were talking to or if if there are young people out there, maybe older people listening, um, why why God? I mean, we've talked about a lot of, you know, the, what you've gone through, but I mean, non-athletics, nothing. I mean, just why? Why God? Why would you say to somebody sitting across the table from you if they're asking you that question that doesn't know Jesus. Yep. I know that if I fight the good fight now, right, I'm going to spend that eternity in heaven. Mm. And this fight for a 100 years on earth is going to be well worth it, right, fighting that good fight, not following the crowd, but doing what God puts on my heart and the way God continues to lead me. I just, I just don't see how there's no God. Um, for me, it's hard to kind of see that opposite side. Um, and I know I understand, right. Bad things happen to good people. There's a lot of questions that people bring up that ask and answer some answers that I still don't have. Right. Mm -hmm. And that I pray continue to be revealed to me. But, you know, for me, Christianity is the best allegory to life that there yeah. is. And being a wrestler, it's very easy for me to pick that up, to wave that cross, and to be a follower for follower of Christ, a wrestler for Christ, in that my main goals and taking the mat, you know, of course I want to win, right? I'd be lying if I said I, you know, my goal isn't to win. Of mm -hmm. course my goal is to win, but I want God to be glorified in that, 
And if he's going to use a loss to do that, then that's his will, and his will be done. And I can, because of that mindset and because of that perspective, um, it's easy for me to just get behind and get on board. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. This gives you the such a confident mindset above and beyond the mindset of women, winning and losing. Is this mo- much more firm mindset you can trust? That's cool. Yeah, really awesome, man. That is so cool. You know, as you're talking, and we'll wrap it up. I don't know why. I just, keep, I just, you know, I keep hearing like that. Your story's not over, and uh, you know all the, all of the tough. Uh, I don't say tough. All of the outcomes that weren't what um, you used to strive for. Like, um, anyhow, I just feel like story's not over, buddy. Yeah, it's not over. I don't think so either. No, man, we're gonna we're gonna come back, and when when the story continues, it'll never be over. Part two. For, yes, <laughs> for sure, dude. Because I know. Um, it, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I just want to just say one more thing too, and just kind of what I've learned in my Christian experience the past few years and really a verse that really speaks to it is uh, Romans twelve two. It says, mm. do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I feel like my journey as a Christian has really just been an eye opener. It's been a big changing of mind. Um, and I think if you're if you're a kind of person that you're you're a learner, you're someone that wants to do things better the second time around, you want to you have this learning mindset, growth mindset, you want to continue to get better. You know, then I truly believe that the Christian life is for you. It's about changing your mind, renewing your mind and letting God do that in your life and having the openness, right? The world is very broken, life is really hard. Um but he tells us in Romans, right, not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And for me, my journey as a Christian has been a transformation. And like you keep saying, Chad, I just pray that it continues to be even more of a transformation because my mind is continually being changed and renewed. And it's not by my own doing, right? It's only by God's grace and his willingness to reveal himself to me that I can really change that mind and change that heart. Awesome. Well, that's a great way to uh, wrap up uh, this interview because that is what it's all about. So thank you so much. It's been an hour. It just seems like it went by in five minutes, which means I think, you know, we had a pretty good talk, and I appreciate your time. And if you're listening uh, again and you, you feel like, you know, maybe there is an emptiness in you, Maybe you feel like you've got all the success and that the world would tell you, but there's still an emptiness. Uh, reach out to the website. It's coachj.org, or you can email me, chad, at coachj.org, and uh, would love to uh, just see how we can help, how God would lead us to help you. Thanks so much, Joey. Appreciate your time, and uh, we're going to come back and do it again. Thank you, Chad. Appreciate it. All right. See you.